0: to apologize beforehand i sound nasally because
1: well, you did last week too
0: yeah i was just gonna say welcome to su pod especially heinous i'm gabe i'm tasha we are on season six episode three obscene There's a woman lying on the ground dead with, like, blood all over her. Mm -hmm. A few cops are standing over with a detective. The camera zooms in on the hot guy's face, and he says, The pervert's at it again. Sirens blare, and cop cars show up with a canine unit, and there's, like, two hot detectives that come out. The dog completely runs past the body and then all of a sudden the body gets up and she's fucking yelling, hey, a bloody corpse over here, this fucking mutt, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, relax, first of all. So it turns out this is a crime TV series and they're shooting a scene.
1: Super meta.
0: Yeah. Because I was like, "Who who are these fucking people?
1: Is mm-hmm. this a different precinct?
0: So the director yells cut. This dog missed the mark for the scene, obviously. And when the actor drops the leash because he's like, I'm not the fucking trainer or whatever. The dog runs over to a trailer and is whining and sniffing at the door. The music gets all swelly, not on the show, on the actual show. Yeah. You know what I mean?
1: The SVU swell. Or-
0: SVU swell. Not the yeah. f- pretend TV on the show that's on TV.
1: No, I think it's trademarked, actually. I don't think any other show can do that. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's only, only dramatic music. Steve Baldwin. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's forgetting Sarah Marshall.
0: Yeah, he's like, he's like, do you need a break? One of the crew members opens the door of the trailer and there's a fucking woman dead on the floor. She has blood on her and her underpants have been pulled down. Cut to Stabler and Toots are at the crime scene. They speak with the producer of the show, Franco Marquez.
1: He's been in pretty much every drama police procedural show. I was like, I know this fucking guy. Why do I know his face? Mm -hmm. He was in a couple episodes of Dexter and he played Hector Estrada. He was memorable because he's the drug cartel kingpin who killed Dexter's mom.
0: Oh, mm-hmm. the victim's name is Jessie. She's the star of the show, actually. Jessie is wheeled by on a stretcher and it looks like the perp bashed her head on the counter and then raped her. She's still alive. And uh. the Emmys think she's going to be all right. Inside the trailer, Stabler and the producer, Franco, discuss the actress Jessie. She's been on the show for three seasons. No one has access to her trailer except the crew, and nobody seems to have a problem with her. Then Toots finds a bunch of tabloids, magazines, and newspapers with mean, hateful, like slut-shaming messages and headlines about Jessie. One newspaper on the front page shows protesters that are anti-Jessie in a headline that says, the world would be a better place without Jessie. Mm. Stabler thinks it's a bit much, but he's like, oh, i I mean, at one point he was like, I mean, she's barely wearing anything. You're like, Ugh. oh
1: my God, this whole. You know, mm-mm. I
0: know. I hated this episode. Yeah. Now we're in the hospital. Toots and Stabler are doing a walk and talk with the doctor. Jessie's tox screen showed a lot of opiates in her system. Toots wonders if Jessie took the drugs herself, but the doctor kind of implies that she didn't since she didn't hit her head on the counter by herself, which I'm like,
1: mm. Mm.
0: people fall all the time.
1: But also, there were other indicators that she was right. assaulted. So you know
0: toots thinks maybe she was drugged beaten and then raped as they get closer to jesse's room they can hear her yelling the doctor says she started yelling as soon as she woke up. Stabler and Toots go into her room. She's fucking irate and running around. She doesn't remember what happened. She says she took a nap in her trailer and then woke up in the hospital. She's walking around trying to gather all of her things.
1: Do you recognize her?
0: Uh, She looks very familiar.
1: Her dad has a very particular set of skills he acquired over a very long career. That was her? Skills that make me a nightmare for people like you. She plays Liam Neeson's daughter Kim in all of the Taken movies. Shit. Boop. boop. Boop, boop, boop. She's also Shannon and Lost, but like mm. the dynasty that is taken. That's her.
0: I need to rewatch all those.
1: Oh, I know.
0: I find Liam Neeson incredibly attractive.
1: Right. Oh, I mean, yeah. Um, I found this I because I was looking it up and then I was like, oh, no way. And so then I was reading this article about Taken. It was the subtitle or whatever. It was something like the only movie that created a franchise series based on one line.
0: Right. <laughs> It was a good line. So good. Stabler and Toots go into her room. Franco's in there. She's irate and running around. She doesn't remember what happened. She says she took a nap in her trailer and then woke up in the hospital. She's walking around trying to get all of her shit together. They ask her if she had anything to drink on set. And she said she had a diet soda on the set and she didn't know who made it. It was just sitting by her chair. Franco's trying to calm her down and tells her that she has to talk to the cops. Jessie wants to leave before the whole world finds out. She just really wants to go home and leaves the room. Stabler tells Franco that she's only 16, so she can't sign herself out of the hospital without her folk signature. Franco tells them that she's emancipated from her parents when she was 14, so they stopped spending all of her money. So they have no say in anything she can Mm -hmm. sign herself up toots asks franco where he was when jesse was raped franco's like hey i know how this works since i fucking write this stuff for the show i'll give you a dna sample so will the rest of the crew stabler tells him he can't compel everyone else to give dna but franco says that everybody on the crew is like her big brothers they're gonna give their dna
1: willingly they want this to be solved just as much as anybody
0: yeah He told them about a group of protesters who egged Jesse's trailer the week before and the crew completely protected her. Franco says the group was Carolyn Spencer and her, quote, anti-smut brigade. The group thinks Jesse is corrupting the morals of the youth or fucking whatever. That tabloid earlier that Toots had that said, quote, the world would be a better place without Jesse. That was Carolyn Spencer who said it. Mm. Dude, I grade A predicted everything right away. Nice. I'll tell you about it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. At the home of... Don't Carolyn
0: say nice, like I'm your nine-year-old that found a frog.
1: <laughs> You're like, oh, cool. Nice. nice. I'm like, oh. yeah. Oh, you saw a brown dog today? Cool. <laughs> wow. Those are great. At the home of Carolyn Spencer toots and Stabes are chatting with her she was in desperate housewives body of proof tulsa king and duck man private dick family man desperate housewives
0: i thought those that was a reality show
1: no that's the real housewives that was actually brought on by the show desperate housewives with terry hatcher and a bunch of other ladies felicity huffman i think was in it okay. jesse metcalf was like a pool boy or something i've literally never watched the show but i remembered it, it was iconic it was a huge huge in the zeitgeist at the time but when they made desperate housewives this is a little piece of bravo history that you don't care about they were going to do this series called behind the gates i believe it was called behind the gates and it was about these women in orange county Mm. and that was the first housewives iteration so then instead of doing that they it got all this like whoa so then they were like desperate housewives um so they did the real housewives of orange county and then that turned into the real housewives of new york and then there's fucking beverly hills and atlanta and potomac and new jersey they're everywhere nice okay yeah yeah nice oh you saw a brown dog nice Stabler brings up the headline that quoted her saying the world being a better place without Jessie. Carolyn says she didn't mean it literally. She just wishes her daughter had a better role model. And she goes, Jim, where's that pic of her in her underwear? And this little bespectacled librarian man in a knitted sweater vest has it right on top of the pile. Like she spins on her heel. He's got exactly what she needs. Carolyn shows Toots and Staves a poster she's super proud of. On one side, it's Jessie in a scandalous loose fitting one piece that completely covers Covers her boobs and has shorts for bottoms, you know, along with a super slutty three-inch heel, and says that she's a bad role model. This girl is wearing—I mean, it's not even fitted. I know, and the top goes up to her collarbones. Yeah.
0: all the outfits they showed her, I was like, "What
1: is it? Is she slutty because she has her hands on her hips? Is that what makes her so slutty?" In that, pe- <laughs> I don't know. But she's like, Uh, look at this trash. And on the other side is a picture of Eleanor Roosevelt in a slutty blazer (laughs) that says good role model. Like it was bad role model and good role model. Right. And she's mad that young girls find a young actress inspirational. She's like, Eleanor Roosevelt is who they should be looking up to. For sure. Both can be true. But yeah, you know, what's so funny is what a fucking hardcore advocate and human rights leader Eleanor Roosevelt was for women Mm -hmm. in this business is dragging a gal who emancipated herself and is a successful working actor but she's yeah. like Mm-mm, that's not aspirational it's just annoying
0: it's not the right kind of feminism
1: <laughs> or right whatever the i don't fuck she love thinks. you know we're moving forward and i really struggled with like that how she's sexualized you know as mm-hmm. being 16 and how young people can be manipulated and stuff
0: i mean she it seems like she literally has no say in anything
1: but why are you coming for her right she's a kid
0: she's a child
1: living in an adult world, doing the best she can Yeah,
0: come for her manager Mm -hmm.
1: as she's really proving her point with this shit. That doesn't make sense. (laughs) Carolyn's kids come in and they need a ride. She says she can't give them a ride because she's too busy. Slut shaming women. No,
0: no, she's too busy. Slut shaming a child, a child. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And so her son goes, well, dad would. And this bitter Betty (laughs) bitch turns around and goes, well, then go live with him. And Danny, her son looks crushed.
0: Yeah. This is when I, in quotations, wrote, obviously it's her son because he Uh, showed uh up. Yeah.
1: Yep. Yep. Because he exists and she was a bitch. But he looks crushed. And for some reason, I wrote, what in the cunt? (laughs) 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 The boy, uh, the son, is Phil of the future. It was some big show. Sweet little sweater vest Jim offers to drive the kids and they take off.
0: Danny's like, thanks, Mr. Blah,
1: blah, blah toots goes back to why they're there he doesn't get the problem with jesse she's young and successful why are you so pressed carolyn and we're all like yeah carolyn goes on about the show jesse's on and how she just wants it moved to a 10 p.m time slot because it's too old to be marketed towards sixth graders i'll say this carolyn did not skimp at kinko's she has <laughs> posters for fucking days and they're well done they're well made she's trying to prove that one person can make a difference like that's what her fucking soapbox is and i'm like why don't you fucking focus on actually helping kids like she's spent so much time making these graphics and posters and it's just really gross Mm -hmm. they ask her about picketing the show the day before and she asks if something happened to jesse and if she's okay because she gives a shit all of a sudden Mm -hmm. stabler tells her that they need to know which of her members were at the picket line so she just gives them the membership list Mm -hmm. back at the precinct the squad goes over carolyn's group n-i-c-e nice Neighbors investing in clean entertainment. Cute. Buttercream gang for life. <laughs> <laughs> in their newsletter, they blame a 12 year old girl's rape on the fact that she was dressed as Girl Undercover, which is the name of Jesse's show. I'm sitting in the room screaming, they're blaming her show and not the fucking rapist. Like, this is so right. gross. Yeah. This is not feminism. This is not no. protecting children. This isn't. Mm-mm. Yep. There are around eight hundred members in this group, and the website has over a hundred thousand hits, which was a lot back then. Mm-hmm. Before I got married, I had sex with eight men. That'd be like two hundred <laughs> today.
0: Remember what a tramp!
1: Put out your hands. That's a good meatball. Come on, you, it's from the wedding singer. Okay. Oh yeah. <laughs> So they're checking out this website, okay? This website is a Karen's playground. There's a list of dirty movies, music, radio shows. There's a link to click on to send a complaint letter to the FCC, a link to find all of the shit they want you to boycott. Munch hates it because he hates censorship. Have we been on break too long or does it feel like Munch has been spending more time in the walls? Because I feel like we haven't seen him much at all.
0: I think we've been just because we've been on break because we haven't been watching the show.
1: Yeah, maybe. Craigen reminds Benny that she's got to catch her flight, so she leaves. Mm-hmm. And then we don't see her anymore. Mm-hmm. Craigen wonders what the chances are that someone from nice harmed Jesse. <laughs> Oh, Toots has the CSU report from the trailer. The diet soda Jesse drank wasn't spiked. They found a dozen different painkillers and sleeping pills. The Mm. contents of the evidence bags are all prescription bottles that showed refill dates that matched the day of the rape. In the office of Franco Marquez, the producer guy, Stabler asks Franco why he lied about Jesse taking pills. And Franco's like, Dude, it's been a tough season. So, Stabler looks up at their whiteboard and starts commenting on all the racy storylines that sexualize Jesse and calls Franco out on making her do all of those things. I pause to read all of the story ideas. So, it's Jesse undercover as a stripper with poison breast implants jesse is a lifeguard there's a ring of ex dealer surfers uh so basically point break jesse is a stewardess she's studying for her sats when the terrorists take over the plane uh jesse meets an evil undercover girl but she's a genetically engineered super soldier jesse (laughs) sleeps with the substitute teacher and this is he's a serial killer and there's an exclamation point jesse has to kill him exclamation point it's Oh, my God. (laughs) They were really excited about that one. And I like how they're like, look at this shit. Like that also is very in line with being meta with your show. Mm -hmm. Jesse comes in and asks to stay in Franco's office to hide out. But he tells her to leave while the detectives finished giving him a lack of progress report. Sick burn! Mm -hmm. She leaves, and Franco argues that the storylines of the show are called drama. Taylor tells him that he's, quote, pimping out a 16-year-old for ratings. And Franco tries to argue that Jesse's in charge here. The average gal loses their virginity at 16. This show depicts a girl in charge of her sexuality. Toots gives him one of his ice-cold facts, and he says, A 16-year-old may be having sex, but she ain't in charge of squat, which is true.
0: Uh like your
1: brain isn't even fully developed and that's great if like you feel empowered and stuff but you're still being manipulated to a degree yeah if there's older people making moves for you 100 percent right yeah this guy tells them to watch the show and aggressively hands them a vhs tape in 2004 and yells at them to find out who raped jesse detectives take the tape and they leave
0: in the precinct, Craig and Stabler watched the giant VHS tape of Girl Undercover that Franco gave them.
1: It was 2004. Where, like, DVDs were pretty much the standard by then, right? Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure.
1: And this is a, this is a hit show. And he's like, yeah. here's a VHS tape. It's in this tattered cardboard fucking shell.
0: Yeah. DVDs were definitely, I was burning them by this point.
1: Yeah. I'm going to wipe the dust off of this. It was on the shelf at my grandma's house. <laughs> So the show
0: is super weird. The thing's like, she's only 16. You can look, but don't touch. Which I was like, what? Then it shows her beating up some dude and then pulls a mic from her bra and says, Red light to Central. We have a problem. I broke another heel. (laughs) I'm like, "Is (laughs) is this what your shit is about her being in charge? Like, no, honey. This is very empowering. Craig says she works 16 hours a day, quote, pretending to be a hooker. And then the other eight pretending to be a grown-up. No wonder Jessie takes pills. Stabler points out that she doesn't have any parents or any friends. Everyone from her doctor to her boss are lined up to get something out of her toots fucking busts in like he's on an infomercial or something where he's like whoa <laughs> like, all these papers or whatever toots comes in with the results of 68 dna tests everyone from the show's crew submitted there isn't a match to jesse's case but one sample provided a hit on a cold case it's fucking franco's dna he's wanted for grand larceny in aggravated assault it's too early in the show where i was like no Mm -hmm. At the precinct, Franco was brought in for questioning. He's like, I didn't fucking do this. I didn't do shit. (laughs) Pretty pretty much. (laughs) I mean, right? It's pretty much what he did. Yeah. (sighs) And and then Sailor's was like, you sure about that? Are you sure that you didn't do that shit? Are you sure? Are you sure
1: that's not what you did?
0: (laughs) He says it's not his DNA that was used. Oh, shit. He paid an out-of-work actor for a sample. He gave him a studio ID with his name on it and drove him to the Emmy office. Stabler's like, hmm, I wonder why you'd want to fake your DNA. <laughs> Franco doesn't answer, but says, I'm going to make my phone call now. Here's my other prediction that I made. Oh, my God. He didn't want to have his DNA tested because they're secretly dating and it will be in her.
1: Yeah. I mean, you saying it will be in her, I hated.
0: I said it will be on the scene, but then I was like, okay. I wish you would have said that. It's going to be in there. I know, but... I know. Okay, later, Jesse's at the precinct. She's behind the glass in Craggin's... With
1: all that in her. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> yeah.
0: Jesse's behind the glass in Craggin's wine and painting class he teaches every Wednesday night from 6 to 7.30.
1: <laughs> it's a great place for first dates.
0: Yeah. He's got a little smock that has all these little, like, paint... <laughs> Paint smudges on it, cute. Yeah. He won't do the bachelorette party once, though. He doesn't like those.
1: Oh no, God, how annoying.
0: Craigan apologizes to her and tells her that the law doesn't state that Franco can't call anyone he wants, even his victim. Stabler says that they'll make sure he doesn't bother her anymore. She's like all smiley. Jesse asks what Franco told them and says that he's just trying to protect her and knows that it will kill her image if he tells the truth. And then Craigan's like, "Girl, the truth about what?" She says. Quote, lucky for me, my parents will do anything for a buck. And hands Cragen a piece of paper. It's a fucking damn marriage license. Jessie and Franco are secretly married. Her parents signed the marriage license in exchange for her buying them a couple of Porsches. She says, quote, I figured it's a small price to pay to sleep with my husband. This poor fucking child. I know. So in the precinct, Craig and Stabler stabler girl over the new case info. Franco is 40. Jesse is 16. Cragen calls it legal pedophilia. Stabler says that she had legal consensual sex, took a fistful of pills, and fell and hit her head. Cragen says that the Emmy rape kit shows that Frankl's DNA wasn't the only DNA found on Jesse. A pubic hair was found that doesn't match anyone on scene. And Stabler.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I wrote it down. I made I, sure to put it in. I did, Because too. I'm like, there's no way she won't say it. Yeah. But I'm like, I gotta have it just in case.
0: Stabler says, we're gonna base a whole rape investigation on a single pube. <laughs> He said pube so hard.
1: He said it really hard. The pew, the the way he was able to hit the P and still. I think this is
0: the first time out of six seasons where they said the word pube. They've always said hair.
1: Yeah. And it made me think that he is getting desensitized because pube is a hilarious word. The next step is him calling somebody's penis a wiener. (laughs) Doinker. (laughs) Well, did you find the victim's schlong in the field or not? (laughs)
0: Then he says he doesn't know if she was even raped. The pubic hair could have been picked up on clothing during a costume change. And Craigan's like, I don't think they changed their
1: panties. Gross. First panties of the season, I think. Is it? I think so. I mean, I'm disgusted. A lot, so probably. Yeah. They say panties a lot in this episode. I know.
0: Kragan says they need to find out who else was on set that day. Toots comes in with a stack of papers and says that there was a ton of paparazzi on set that day. There were photos of Jesse on the stretcher and even in the hospital bed. Jesus Christ. Kragan will subpoena the hospital security cameras. Toots and Stabler were going to talk to Jesse and Franco
1: at Jesse and Franco's place. Franco tells Stabes and Toots he was by Jesse's side the whole time and he only saw doctors and nurses. The security footage showed that at the time the photo was taken, Franco's chair in the room was empty. And that's when he realizes, oh, I went and got coffee around that time. It was gone for like five minutes. Uh-huh. Franco tells them that a bunch of these paparazzi are camped outside of their house. So the photographer is probably one of them. Stabler asks if they know any of the paparazzi's names and Jesse says she's constantly having by a ton of them, so she doesn't know. A few weeks ago, a guy jumped in her car and took her photo, then ran off, but she couldn't ID him because of the camera flash. The cops took a report, but then asked for her fucking autograph. Like, this poor little girl, this girl. Yeah. Franco says the cops said there wasn't much they could do anyway. Then Toots gets a call. Craig and checked out the hospital surveillance tapes. Someone interesting checked in on Jesse at 5.08. Mm. hospital now the detectives are chatting with jesse's doctor at 508 jesse's doctor checked her vitals and iv they show her the tabloid with jesse in the hospital bed and the doctor's like "Mm -mm, not me and they just ping pong back and forth ding dong they tell her (laughs) they tell her well we've got you on security camera so which i don't think is true because we didn't see that footage
0: well I mean, earlier they said somebody interesting checked on so they know that she was on camera.
1: Oh, on the surveillance tapes. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, oh, geez. She owes $90,000 in student loans and a photographer offered her 50 grand to take the photo. Would you do it? That's hard to pass up. Would I do it? Fuck. 50 grand?
0: It's hard to pass up, for sure.
1: It's really hard to pass up, especially when people... In this economy? I mean, it's, it's, in this economy, it's it's definitely not cool. I'm not sure. saying it's cool.
0: Especially somebody that works there.
1: Uh-huh. It's, I mean,
0: because this lady was going to lose her job, probably her license, like she said, it has mm-hmm. 90K, still has to pay 40K. And doesn't have a job or her degree anymore. So it's kind of not worth it. But it is. If she didn't get caught.
1: The temptation was just too big. It was just too... I mean, it's over half her student loans. Back at the precinct, the paparazzi that paid the doctor is being questioned. He is... He's fun. Mm -hmm. It's like... Look, if you don't want to have your picture taken, be a school teacher, not some international superstar. Fucking shut
0: up. I hate when people say that shit.
1: So this guy just gets up like he's going to leave and Stabler stops him like, um, no, honey, and asks him where he was on Tuesday. And he immediately denies the rape. Stabler's like, prove it. He shows them a photo that he took with a timestamp that proves he was outside the set at the time of the rape. He goes, it's not like I got nothing, but whoa, 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 could this be a clue? to move us along in the investigation, this fucking nothing (laughs) photo that he took. The photo is of two guys that were caught sneaking onto the set being escorted off by security. Mm -hmm. There's a guy in the background with his back turned that the photographer guesses is a third guy that was with them that didn't get caught.
0: (gasps) Mm -hmm. Toots and Stabler go to speak with these fucking dorks that they caught sneaking on set.
1: John Cusack and Ryan McPoyle.
0: Yes. Yeah, um, they look like guys that I probably would have thought were hot in high school. Ugh. Just baggy pants and gross. Like, yeah. They tell Toots and Stabler that all they wanted was a pair of Jesse's underwear. Duh, no big deal. It was just a prank. Ugh. They were doing this to get on the BJ Cameron show. One of the stupid kids says that the DJ wants to know what kind of underwear Jesse wears. A grown man. It's like, does she wear thongs? Like she does on TV. Blah, blah, blah. Who cares? And if you can yes. prove that they're her undies, the DJ will put you on the show. They wanted to get on the fucking radio. Right. They don't They don't know who the third guy is from the photo. They met him at the set that day and told him about the underwear thing. And he wanted in, but, quote, weanered out at the last minute. <laughs> yes. Also, this dude said his name was Speed. And the guy was like, yeah, like, that's not made up. I'm like, no, duh.
1: Duh. Tyler. No, duh. <laughs> Kevin, Tyler, go. You're late for soccer practice. I made sure to make a note about the guy w- wienering out. <laughs> yeah. Again, knowing that you, of course, are going to make that note. Yeah. Then he wienered out at the last minute.
0: <laughs> so fucking speed waited for the other two to get caught and snuck in while security was distracted with them brilliant so speed said that if he didn't get the underwear then he'd take a picture of the trailer to get on the show obviously it's that one lady's kid caroline Mm -hmm. spencer or whatever the fuck carolyn yeah so now staves and toots are at ren fm bj the dj is lewis black if you want i didn't Mm -hmm. know if you want to go into a whole thing everybody knows who he is i
1: didn't i just wrote it's lewis black everybody knows who lewis black is he's a stand-up voices a million things he's in a million things he was on the daily show as a correspondent
0: he's always angry he, he plays an angry guy he does
1: this thing with his finger when he talks it's like yeah
0: yeah so he says it's all talk he doesn't actually tell them to do anything stabilizer's like well that's good because then you'd be fucking liable for their actions <laughs> bj says that legally he could do a shit ton more but with quote big brother watching munch much toots asked him if he suggested his listeners rape jesse BJ's like what rape isn't funny which i was like oh okay because it was in the 2000s I mean it wasn't but it was like people were fucking joking about that shit mm-hmm. they had forever he did the whole underwear thing to piss off Jessie and calls her an uptight bitch because of how she acted when she came on the show one day hmm. she's 16 this guy is like 52 right she wanted to talk about her craft as in her acting and he was like nobody gives a shit about that he asked about her breast augmentations so she left mid-show and he had to fill the rest of the show up with call-ins he then mentioned that she needed a quote good bad Banging to loosen her up. This is a child, remember, a 16-year-old, mm. which Stabler points out could be suggestion to rape her. BJ denies wanting that to happen to her. He says he likes ragging on Jesse. It's good for ratings, but he doesn't want to see her actually get hurt. Then he goes on the air and he's like, hey, I really got two of New York's finest. They're talking about how bangtastic Jessie is. Sit down, fellas. And I'm like, oh, gross. And she's fucking yeah. gross it's fucking gross she's 16. Mm -hmm. literally a child uh they don't join the show by the way they don't yeah they're like (gasps) they're not like Yeah, yeah. he's supposed to be some Howard Stern sort of like whatever. Mm-hmm. They mentioned Howard Stern later on too. I don't know, whatever. In the other yeah. room of the studio, a producer offers the detectives the mail slash hate mail they have about Jesse. There's a huge mailbox of it. Isn't it so funny that people actually like took the time to like hand write yeah. angry stuff? It's funny.
1: You have to be angry for a lot longer. Like reading something online and then going to the comments and then being like tip to tip 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 because you're in a yeah. mood is one thing. But then like... I'm going to sit down. I got to get a pen. I got to make sure this pen works. It might not work. And I got to get a piece of paper and I'm going to tear it out of my notebook and I got to take all the little frillies off the edge. And then I'm going to write this letter, strongly worded. If I fuck up, I'm going to start over because what am I going to do? Scribble it out? I'm an adult. I write this letter and then I look up the address of this place in the phone book. I yeah. put it in an envelope. I get a stamp. I lick the envelope and close it and then I take it to a mailbox. I mean, you either like have to wait till tomorrow and put it in your mailbox and put the little red
0: flag thing up or you mm-hmm. go and drop it off somewhere. You'd think like ha- a quarter to halfway, three fourths of the way of just writing it. You'd be like, like, I'm bored.
1: I have so much laundry that I haven't put away. Like, just you have to really fucking be. What am I doing with my time? I wanted to be an art teacher. Like, why am I doing this? I could be doing so many other things with my time.
0: Yeah. It's weird.
1: So this guy, the producer guy that was like, here's this box of mail. I knew I fucking knew this guy. And I know you know this guy, too. Is he from Super Troopers? No, he's not. No, he's in a ton of stuff. And he's currently booked and busy. But who fucking cares? He's Rufus from Minority Report. The dude that runs the cyber parlor.
0: Oh, I don't remember. When they come in
1: and he's like, he's like, I'm not doing anything illegal, blah, blah. And they're like, oh, we're fucking pre-crime. And he's like, those thoughts about my cousin Elena were just thoughts i don't remember, remember that at all nope uh the cyber parlor where they go in and he's on the phone with somebody or something and he's like he's like oh yeah you want to you want to stab your boss or some shit and then he turns around and he's like oh i mean we don't do that kind of shit here sicko Ugh. god you love that movie i do uh, i thought we loved that movie <laughs> well we
0: do i'm just saying you remember i love it too just you remember so much about it it's such a You like the cyber parlor and i'm like. D- don't remember. Oh, my God. It's an, he, I know he just got new eyeballs. That's what I remember. It's
1: such an important you know? connection.
0: Mm. Anyway. Okay. So, yeah, there's a bunch of dudes who are all pissed. Jesse walked off the show and shit and took the time out of their fucking data. write it out. Um, mm-hmm. At the precinct, the squad and Novak go through the hate mail from the radio show. Stabler reads one letter that talks about harming Jess, then reads a transcript from the radio show that also uses, like, insanely violent and fucked up metaphor for rape. And it was BJ saying it. Mm-hmm. Novak says that BJ knows the law and how he's protected. He could literally say, Stabler, go rape Jesse. And he wouldn't be liable for that. Stabler would be. right. Munch argues that BJ isn't the bad guy. It's the person that took the, quote, joke seriously. Novak tells Stabler that there's no intent, no imminent act, and no likelihood that BJ's words would be taken seriously. Toots finds an email from the rapist to BJ the DJ. It's a photo of Jesse passed out in her trailer with the words, Quote, your wish is my command. Jesse is wearing the clothes she had on when she was raped. The other photos attached to the email were of Carolyn's picket line and of Carolyn's son, Danny, lifting Jesse's skirt while she was passed out. I fucking knew it. Mm. We all knew it.
1: Danny. Danny. Gabe's dog, Danny. What are you doing? I kept thinking that. I was like,
0: he would never. But it's just like a mother to think her son could never. (laughs)
1: at carolyn spencer's house toots and stabler show up with an arrest warrant for danny they show her the selfie of danny next to a passed out jesse and tell her danny took it with his camera phone and sent it to the bj show they go to danny's room and arrest him for the rape mom still doesn't believe it but you know what convinces her not the photo evidence of her son in the trailer nope it's the same photo evidence but on his camera phone (sighs) they showed her this photo her son's face is in it If there's camera phones and VHS tapes, there's no like decent Photoshop. So that option is out. Mm -hmm. And she's like, Danny, what did you do? Mm -hmm. He denies doing anything and says he was just trying to get on the radio show. Mm. That show isn't allowed in our house. You promised. And I'm like, cool priorities, Carolyn. He's being arrested for rape. And you're like, you're watching. You watch The Simpsons? How dare! I was just gonna say that's my mom really going. Are you watching The Simpsons? Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I love you. I love you too. Danny's taken into custody while mom is, you know, going. It's gonna be all right, Danny. My sweet, precious, still in my uterus, Danny. (laughs) Zip (laughs) me up, Buster. at the precinct Danny's being questioned by Novak his lawyer attorney Shamal aka Dexter's lieutenant LaGuerta is there as well along with his dumb mom (laughs) Danny denies raping Jesse and Novak shows him the photos and asks him to fucking explain it he admits to going into her trailer to steal her underwear and says she was asleep so he took some pictures Mm -hmm. then he says that Jesse woke up he told her he was a fan and read her a poem that she thought was nice and they did it (laughs) (laughs) what a fucking dork oh my god such a fucking dork and novak an adult woman who has had sex uh (laughs) goes yeah let's hear that poem let's hear that fucking panty dropper of a poem that you wrote danny danny and danny goes it's private and novak goes it's a crack (laughs) And she said croc, just like I said it just now. She yeah. said croc, super Wisconsin-y. Yes, Instead of an O in the middle, there was a capital A and eight H's. I'm making beef stew and the croc, go milk the cows. <laughs> Danny, you didn't write shit then novak asks him about the cut on jesse's head carolyn asks why novak surprised since jesse's a slut oh my god okay she goes this girl's a slut my son did a stupid thing okay carlene turner god i googled that burn that's brock turner's mom's name yeah i figured danny's lawyer attorney shamal says that there was no rape and that the sex was consensual Mm-hmm.
0: Sure. Sure. Yeah. That's that poem is he should get published because damn.
1: <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. He needs to send that shit into penthouse forum. Just. <laughs> That he
0: needs to send
1: that gusher. How
0: does <laughs> this person know the inside of a woman's mind and body so well? And he's like, I don't know.
1: She wakes up in her trailer to some fucking barely pubescent. Like his single pube is what they found on her. His one individual pube. He, he lost so it in there. He
0: lost it. Yeah.
1: And she's like, oh, my God, you scared me. But yes, please read me your fucking squirter of a poem (laughs) (laughs) and then they fucked like no danny (laughs) well they gotta go over to talk to jesse because they gotta be like what is this fucking poem dude at franco and jesse's house toots and Stabes. Ask Jesse about the poem and the boning. She again has to fucking defend herself and say just because she kisses boys on TV doesn't make her a fucking slut, which would be fine if she was. Yeah. But she has to say it. And she's like, the only person I've ever slept with is my gross old husband. Why would I all of a sudden bang a kid who read me a dorky ass fucking poem? Fucking true.
0: A, the poem doesn't exist. B, her first sexual experience was with a forty-year-old man.
1: Fifty. I was gonna say fifty. That dude is. He doesn't look forty. He's not in our age bracket. Mm-mm, mm-mm. 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 They show her a lineup of photos then, and she can't identify her attacker. And Danny's photos in there, so they're yeah. kind of fucked as far as her memory goes all
0: right at the precinct they're giving the case findings a review the pubic hair from the rape kit matches danny's dna novak says that jesse couldn't pick danny out of the photo array though stabilizer says the toxicology report confirms her story and that jesse was not able to consent because she was too high novak argues that the toxicology report can't show her level of awareness it just shows she took pills Toots argues that just because she's a, quote, pillhead doesn't mean she's not a rape victim. Thank you. Thank you. Novak says that in court they'll see that she's, quote, a sexually precocious drug addict who's prone to blackouts. So, uh-uh. Cragen comes in and says he heard Danny talking about the rape on the fucking radio show. Oh, my God. So back at the fucking radio show, detectives listened to the playback of the show. It's fucking gross. I'm not even going to go into it and not quoting any of it. Yeah. The show called Danny and he called them back to come on. He had to sneak out of his house without his mom knowing. They got pulled off the air before they could get to the part where Danny told BJ that Jesse was passed out when he, quote, did her. And if the show isn't on air, it's not recording. Later... Stabler and Toots find BJ the DJ at a restaurant. He's got white wine and a bunch of fucking oysters. I only wrote that down because I was like, oh, I want some oysters. Mm. BJ doesn't want to tell them anything. And Stabler tells him that his testimony could help put a rapist in jail. BJ says that daddy is so messed up and would say anything for a laugh. So BJ still refuses to talk. He's mad his show got pulled off the air. This is what he cares about. He says it's, quote, because of people like you. Did you get a big happy when the anti-smut crusaders yanked my show this morning? He's pissed that they're letting other people decide what people can listen to and what is or isn't appropriate. Then he says, quote, you know what I find offensive? Catch her in the rye. Let's burn every copy. (laughs) Toots tells him that they're not trying to get his show canceled. They just want to catch a rapist. And BJ says he's exercising his right not to speak and leaves. Doesn't box the oysters... Well, I wouldn't box them up either, but, like, (laughs) I'd slurp those down before I fucking...
1: Fucking finish them, dude. It's not that much food. Yeah. So this is the... And I mean, this is, like, my whole chaser, but, like, the type of... I get the freedom of speech thing. I get the, like, you are able to say whatever without being prosecuted for whatever, and people get to decide whether to listen to you or not, blah, 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 blah. But this is, like, there's extreme examples of everything, you Mm -hmm. know? And it's, like, you're just fucking putting people in a hard corner you're it's not even funny mm-hmm. you're like this is comedy i'm it's shocking i'm saying extreme shit there's no comedy that i hate more than the shock and awe bullshit yeah and then you add it in with like radio host garbage come the fuck on right yeah it's not it's so not funny to me yeah all
0: right at the precinct stabler and novak are doing a little walk and talk stabler says that bj is trying to turn himself into a martyr for free speech even though the producer told the detectives about danny telling bj he raped jesse it wasn't recorded and he only heard that part from bj they need to B.J. to give a statement. But Stabler says B.J. will turn this whole thing into a freedom of speech circus. Mm -hmm. Novak says she's going to take a page out of Caroline Spencer's book and go after the broadcasting company telling their sponsors that their star DJ is hindering the prosecution of a fucking rapist. See how fucking fast B.J. talks after that,
1: bitch. Mm -hmm. In Novak's office, B.J. shows up and is fucking pissed that he has to testify against Danny if he wants to keep his show. Mm -hmm. And Novak's like... I know. Isn't it the worst? <laughs> it's so hard for you. <laughs> BJ says that Novak is stomping on the First Amendment, and they go back and forth on the argument. Novak's argument is better, since her point is putting away a rapist. She doesn't have time for the shit and tells him, you know the deal. Testify or lose your advertisers. He tells Novak to just tell him when to be there, and he'll wear a suit. Over at Jesse and her geriatric husband's house, Novak talks with Jesse. Jesse's upset that she has to testify and may have to admit to taking pills. She asks Novak if they can have the trial without her. Mm. And that's kind of not how that works. But Novak is down for protecting Jesse. Thank God, because nobody fucking else is. In a conference room, Novak is speaking with Danny, his mom and his lawyer, and they're having a tennis match of a negosh. Carolyn is told by Danny's lawyer that the offer Novak presented is a good one. But Carolyn argues that Danny wouldn't have done anything if bj the dj hadn't egged him on gross gross yeah he confessed to a fucking rape carolyn i you know? know she's like all
0: for all this stuff except for when it comes to her son it's
1: fucking pathetic. that's why
0: i will always say over and over and over again that all of our elected officials wives daughters and mistresses will have access to fucking safe mm-hmm. abortion yep. fucking oh my god here we go
1: carolyn tries to i'm his mother big dick novak cute okay novak reminds carolyn She allowed mom to be there as a courtesy and mom has zero say in whether he takes the deal or not. So Mm. fuck right off and shut up. The deal is rape in the third degree. He does one to three years in jail and has to tell the court everything he did. His lawyer said that they should really consider the deal. But Carolyn's like, no, she doesn't think they can prove Danny did anything wrong. She She then calls Jesse a junkie tramp and asks Who they think the jury's going to believe. And I'm like, "Mm, well, if history tells us anything. (laughs) Right. Novak asks her, what happened to teaching kids to tell the truth? And Carolyn responds that she's doing what's best for her son. This is so fucking gross. Mm -hmm. And if you really think that that's what's best for your son after he fucking raped someone, you don't want what's best for him. You're not thinking clearly. And your son's going to be a fucking psycho.
0: Yeah. He already is. He is. Back at the precinct, Novak reviews the fucking details with Stabler, the deal and everything. Stabler is yeah. pissed at this Carolyn Spencer lady. He says, quote, she's all about morals and decency until it becomes inconvenient. Um, Hello, Lauren Bobart. Who? The lady that is like against drag shows and just got kicked out of a fucking theater for like getting finger banged and
1: <gasps> yes, vaping and shit. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, like the guy is just like there's literally a child sitting directly in front of them and he is under boob just like holding jiggling it like he's testing mm-hmm. a cantaloupe or something.
0: And she's fucking vaping.
1: And she's like grinding her hand into her dick. Yeah, drag queens yeah. are bad for kids,
0: right? And she can't figure out why people care about it they're like oh i don't Honk.
1: know i fucking yeah <laughs> tune
0: in tokyo And <laughs> but she does the kind of turd she would date too that would do that um
1: <laughs> nip flick nip flick <laughs> pew,
0: pew, pew. yeah so yeah any and, he, and novak says that she can bully bj into the stand and have all the evidence in the world but without jesse on the stand she ain't got shit which i'm like, really. Mm-hmm okay why why does she okay yeah they have more than enough they have physical evidence they have written evidence but i
1: wonder if that's like she has to be there because of the hearsay stuff
0: yeah i don't know stabler tells novak he thinks guilt would be eating away at danny and that she should maybe make him face what he did and i was like that's kind of a long shot
1: Mm -hmm.
0: relying on guilt
1: it just might work though (laughs)
0: <laughs> later Danny is at the precinct Novak tells him he doesn't have to talk just listen because he's like
1: my mom's supposed to be here
0: and I'm like why are you there then dude don't even go you're fucking stupid but anyways right.
1: well he needs his diaper change so she better it, come and pop a titty in his mouth he's like hold on I wrote a
0: poem about this <laughs>
1: You're going to want to get on the other side of the room, Miss Novak, because you might try to fuck me. (laughs) Jesse's
0: brought in. Oh, shit. Obviously, Danny is shocked. Jesse asks Novak what she's supposed to say. She's like, what am I supposed to fucking say to him? And Danny starts to talk and says, look, I'm sure you hate me. But she's like, shut up. You don't get to fucking defend yourself. She confronts him about what he did. She says, you think I'm trash, don't you? Which... Oh, my God, you're a fucking actress and you're 16. Like, Jesus. He says, quote, no, I don't. Jesse says, but all the things you said about me, you think they're funny? Breaking into my trailer and stealing my underwear? I'm not I don't I don't want to say panties again yeah Danny said it was a stupid prank and Jesse says you call raping me a fucking prank Danny says that he wishes he could take it all back and be sorry Jesse asks him how he could actually be sorry when he bragged about it on the radio (laughs) fucking Danny says that BJ was making jokes and he was trying to quote keep up my god and then Jesse says was your mom trying to keep up too and was referencing how Carolyn was saying that the world would be better if she wasn't alive Mm -hmm. Danny says that his mom didn't mean it like that Jesse says she thinks she's perfect but all she does is give kids someone to blame when they do something wrong kids shoot up high school blame Marilyn Manson you raped me blame BJ Cameron And Danny is fucking obviously speechless because damn. Mm -hmm. Novak pipes up and tells Danny that he's the only one who knows what happened and that he can own up to it like a man Uh. or hide behind his mother. And I was like, okay, relax, Novak. Yeah. I don't like that kind of shit, but whatever. Now we're at the trial. Danny changes his plea to guilty. His mom is in the gallery and she's not happy. Novak says he must tell the details of the crime in order to keep the plea deal. His mom, Jesse and Franco are all looking from the gallery as well denny tells them that he went to the trailer thinking he could steal her underwear because he wanted to get on that fucking radio show you can see bj in the gallery watching as well Danny says that he thought it would be cool and he could maybe get some chicks after it what was your, your poems aren't fucking doing it your haikus <laughs> i thought the poem was really <laughs> he tells them he didn't think she'd actually be in the trailer and almost ran out when he saw her sleeping but then he was like ah to would be pretty cool to get some pictures of her and she didn't wake up and then he lifted up her skirt to take more pics and she still didn't wake up so he pulled down her underwear and raped her what in the fuck man Mm-mm. he tells him about how she woke up he pushed her and he ran he says he deserves to go to jail yeah you do yeah. he turns around and apologizes to his mom he's look back at his mother. He was like, I'm sorry. And I'm like, why are you... Okay. Danny is taken into custody, pending a sentencing hearing, of course. BJ comes over and tells Danny that he did the right thing. Carolyn pushes him away and tells BJ to get away and then carolyn watches her son be led away at the precinct novak tells stabler about the court and the whole fucking shit she says bj walks outside and goes straight to the press and says that he's happy that justice was served stabler says that bj just got a soundbite his ratings are gonna fucking skyrocket and he's loving life again Toots comes over and he's like, dudes, BJ got shot outside of the radio station. You guys.
1: Oh, man, you guys. So over outside the radio station, BJ's on a stretcher. There's blood on his jacket. He's shouting, I'm dying. That stupid bitch shot me. I'm typo negative. I need a transfusion. (laughs) Relax, Louis Black. Reoccurring paramedic Martinez tells him to fucking chill. You're going to be fine. Yeah. She tells Staves and Toots he's got a slug in his shoulder. He's stable and doesn't have much blood loss. So, Carolyn's in a cop car. She shot BJ. She said she had to. She couldn't let him ruin another family. Fucking
0: Ugh. you ruin your family. God. From that one comment I heard you make to your son Mm. saying, go live with your dad.
1: You're a bad mom. I mean, she said it in front of a bunch of people she didn't even know. So if that says anything... At the precinct, Novak meets with Carolyn and her lawyer. The shooting was caught on film by a tourist. Novak shows them the stills of that on the cover of a tabloid. Mm -hmm. So in this photo, Carolyn is shooting BJ with a stance like she's at a gun range and it looks dumb and I hate it. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like her legs are like a perfect A. Yeah. Like this is how you stand and you hold your elbows straight and you like fucking stupid. Carolyn is definitely going to jail and Novak isn't going to offer a deal. Her lawyer said that, well, hmm, we don't even want it. A deal. She's going to argue extreme emotional disturbance. Novak doesn't think that shit's going to fly because it was way too thought out. Carolyn says he should be dead. Fucking Jesus lady. Like, she goes on saying that BJ turned her son into a rapist. The radio show made her son not want to go to college. Okay. She claims she's protecting other kids from corruption. No mother should see her son go to prison because some foul-mouthed pig thinks rape is funny. Shut up. Her lawyer, Attorney Seaver, says that someone on the jury is bound to agree with her, which is fucking true. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Elizabeth goddamn Donnelly is waiting outside Novak's office, leaning against the wall with a power move holstered. Novak's like, oh my God, what did I do? And Donnelly goes, can't even say hi to your boss. It's like you are intensely hardcore 50s Jets gang member leaning against a brick wall. Like I'm fucking afraid the second I walk You're out. holding a knife to my neck. What do you want from me? <laughs> <laughs> you have C4 strapped around your entire body. <laughs> You're going... remember from terminator with the yeah okay donnelly wants to know why novak is taking carolyn's case to trial because She thinks that Novak's going to lose. Even the photo of her shooting BJ doesn't help. The fact that Carolyn did it in broad daylight actually helps her case of extreme emotional distress. Mm -hmm. Novak tells Donnelly they haven't been able to find the person who captured the shooting on film and the paper won't give up a name without a subpoena. So Donnelly's going to work on that. But in the meantime, she wants Novak to push for a plea because the jury may side with Carolyn. They could be tired of the, quote, trash media like BJ the DJ. Mm hmm novak argues that bj can say what he wants but carolyn doesn't have the right to shoot him but one overprotective parent on the jury could cause a mistrial
0: this is insane to me
1: Mm -hmm, it is this
0: is insane to me that this is like so hard for them to this Mm -hmm. lady shot somebody Okay.
1: At the trial, BJ's on the stand. He answered Novak's last question about the shooting, saying Carolyn seemed calm when she walked up to him and shot him. Carolyn's attorney gets up to question him now. He's asked if he ever asked his listeners to commit a violent act and then is asked to read transcripts from his show. And he reads them really lewis blackley because he's lewis black the undercover bimbette is nothing but an uptight little bitch she -hmm. needs a good banging to loosen her up Mm -hmm. someone needs to throw her down and nail her like she's never been nailed before (laughs) (laughs) but he says they're jokes that are meant to be funny and i'm like "Mm, that's a shame honey (laughs) is this why you're on the radio (laughs) Is this, is this the equivalent to like those who can't do teach those who can't comedy radio maybe uh, or podcast yeah <laughs> So, Novak hops up to redirect. Novak asks BJ if he thinks the KKK and other groups like that are funny. He says they're ignorant jackasses. So, Novak asks if he thinks it's okay to shoot them if he doesn't like their views. And BJ says, no, they have a right to speak their stupid beliefs. Mm -hmm. They're nailing home the First Amendment shit.
0: I love seeing a good video of somebody punching a Nazi, though, man. I fucking love it yeah i mean they told like the freedom of speech thing it's like of course mm-hmm. you get to say whatever you want Yeah. But you all have to realize, like...
1: There are consequences.
0: Yeah. People get to say what they want. Like,
1: people yell all the time, freedom of speech, freedom of speech. It has parameters. Freedom of speech has to do with being persecuted and silenced by the government. It doesn't have anything to do with deserving repercussions or people not patronizing your store or whatever if you say ignorant bullshit things.
0: Yeah. Right? People get to choose not to come to your store because they don't like what you have to fucking say. You can say it. You can
1: definitely say it.
0: But I'm not buying a cake from your fucking store, you piece of shit. Dumb cake making bitch. I'm not buying your fucking record. Bye.
1: Now Carolyn's on the stand being questioned by her lawyer. She says that Danny was a sweet, perfect, little angelic glass of milk, but then (sighs) BJ's show had a negative effect on him and fucked up his views surrounding women. Mm. I'm sorry. I think that his mom rallying a campaign against a teenager calling her shit like junkie slut might have a negative effect on his views surrounding women. Right. I mean... Now it's Novak's turn. She presents some facts. 200,000 listeners of the BJ show under 16 and only one rapist. You sure about that? Like, I'm pretty sure there's more. But, you know, mm-hmm. as far as like this right now. So why was Danny affected so terribly? Why weren't you monitoring him? Mom says she tried to keep him from listening to the show, but he snuck a radio and listened anyway. Novak challenges her motives and speculates that Carolyn wasn't actually devastated by BJ ruining her son's life. She was pissed and humiliated that BJ made a mockery of her noise crusade. No, the NICE, the, her yep. fucking little group. Carolyn says that people like BJ have taken over media and it's impossible to keep it away from her kids. She said that BJ took away her children and Danny's future. She had to stop him and didn't know what else to do.
0: People are fucking wild. Remember when Elvis's hips kept people from going yeah. to college? What? You know what I mean?
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> like, fucking chill yeah. out. What does the world come to? Black people can go to school? Like, what the fuck?
1: Not to my skill. Not to my skill.
0: Donnelly busts into Novak's office. Donnelly asks her if she's lost yet. what a bitch (laughs) novak says she's working on it donnelly tells her that if she puts carolyn spencer next to bj the dj she's gonna look like fucking mother Teresa, who's actually kind of a bad person you find out
1: i know and that
0: novak wants to prove that carolyn is just as responsible for her actions as danny was for his no duh why is this so hard novak wants to put danny on the stand but he what
1: no duh (laughs) just the way you said it was so intense and i love the fact
0: that it's so dramatic i'm like this is a fucking cut and dry like this guy this lady shot somebody Mm -hmm. this kid raped somebody what are we doing here right novak wants to put danny on the stand but he wouldn't say anything negative about his mom toots comes in he's got carolyn's phone records carolyn was speaking with somebody before she shot bj In Novak's office, Carolyn and her lawyer are present. They found some shit and are waiting for one more person. And here he comes. Novak brings in Danny. (laughs) I don't know why. I like wrote that out.
1: (laughs) And here he comes.
0: (laughs) Novak brings in Danny. Novak tells him that he's there so that she can convince him to testify against his mom. Danny says, I told you, no way. Novak shows the phone. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Novak shows the phone records, calls to James Willoughby, the guy that was at Carolyn's house at the beginning of the episode, the one that gave the kids a ride home, the one with the glasses and the sweater that you were talking about.
1: Yes. Uh... And
0: payments made for the photos that Willoughby took of the shooting. <gasps> she hired him. Carolyn denies it, and Novak says, Well, we'll just see what Mr. Willoughby says on the stand. <laughs> Danny is upset and he's like, you fucking planned this? Why? Novak says, so the whole world would see her as a martyr for her cause. Danny says, it was just a fucking publicity stunt. Carolyn says, no, don't listen to her. I did it for you. Danny gulps. He's like, (sighs) ugh. And tells his mom that she's so full of it. He tells Novak he wants to testify and wants to tell people that she didn't shoot BJ because of him. It was to get her, quote, crusade on the news. Carolyn says, no,
1: I did it because I love you.
0: Danny scoffs and leaves. (laughs) I'm not not doing very well. Also,
1: Danny's a (laughs) rapist. Like, I don't feel sorry for you, Danny. Yeah. Wait, what did you say?
0: I said, I'm not doing well. I'm like, no, (laughs) I'm not doing (laughs) good at podcasting. I love it. Sweet. Novak says last chance and tells Carolyn's lawyer that she will drop the attempted murder charge if she pleads guilty to assault. I'm she shot him. <laughs> Yeah. What the fuck? Carolyn says she didn't do anything wrong. And the lawyer says, well, this has all been fascinating, but you didn't prove a dang thing. Novak says, well, then we'll let the jury decide. Cut to the trial after two weeks of deliberation for somebody getting shot. Okay. The jury is divided. They're fucking deadlocked. The judge declares a mistrial for Carolyn's case. I can't fucking believe this shit. At the precinct, Novak is with Stabler. She wonders how they can deadlock with so much evidence against Caroline. Me too. Stabler says that the jury must have thought BJ deserved what he got. That's not how the law works. Novak says that BJ flapped his mouth on the radio, Carolyn picked up a gun, and shot him. What the fuck? Toots taps on the glass and tells him to come in and listen to this shit. Kragan opens the door for Stabler and Novak. Kragan and Toots are listening to BJ rant on his show about Carolyn. He's calling her a Nazi bitch and saying that she should be fried in the electric chair. And Stabler says, no wonder people want BJ to shut up. And Novak says, no one is forcing people to listen. And then she shuts the radio off, making a huge grand point. And that's the end of Mm. the episode.
1: Boy, baby boy Yoda, my baby boy, (laughs) my baby little rapist. (laughs) Ew.
0: Gross. Let's hear this chaser. I'm excited.
1: All right. So there's no rip from the headline shit here, except Louis Black's character was obviously supposed to represent shock jock Howard Stern.
0: And also it's ripped from every headline for every like teen or woman. In for fucking, sure.
1: I'm, yeah. I'm just, you know what I mean? But
0: I know what you mean. Yeah. Like there's
1: not a yeah. story based on this necessarily. Now we all know Howard Stern, right? So I... I'm just like, oh, yeah, he's supposed to represent Howard Stern, blah, blah, blah. Stern wasn't the only one who was doing this at the time, but definitely was the household name that we all knew. Mm -hmm. There was slash is another shock jock named Todd Clem, who goes by Bubba the Love Sponge. Ew. I have never listened. I mean, I hate him now after I did this whole fucking thing. But this is insane. And I'm just going to go over all of his bullshit. There is some criminal shit in there. It's not like one big solid crime. But I'm going to tell you about this fucking pig slot person okay <laughs> he has spent his career getting into trouble and pushing the limits as far as like oh, it's about free speech Um uh, the whole thing that i had talked about before it's like you're not fucking funny the shit that he says is for shock value it's supposed to be comedy and it's like i i listened to a bunch of stuff and was like this is not good it's there's nothing funny about it nothing yeah. you're gonna hate him
0: i mean it's not illegal to be not funny
1: it yeah. should be <laughs> <laughs> but it's just like, I'm going to say the most extreme shit. Yeah. And then also the ego that goes with being that kind of guy is just the worst kind oh my of God, person. I know.
0: You can see them like walking around. You can <sighs> point them out with your eyeballs because they all look like the fucking same.
1: So he started his radio career in the 80s working in Terre Haute, Indiana. He was then briefly employed in Grand Rapids, Michigan, but was fired in 1988 when he made sexual comments about a 13-year-old caller on the air. He bounced around to multiple stations around the country, including one in Milwaukee leaving for one reason or another. He ends up in Tampa in 1992, Okay, where he and his show get really popular with Florida teenagers. So a huge portion of his listeners are kids. He opens a teen dance club, like an alcohol free teen dance club, because that's his listenership. I'd be the mom pissed that my teenager was listening to this dude. Yeah. Even though I wouldn't I wouldn't say that my kids shouldn't be responsible if they raped someone. So, yeah, put that in there. In 1997, he had a series of fines for nothing criminal, just lewd shit a crew member talking about getting an enema Clem having a lady masturbate over the phone on air ordering a sex doll on air shit like that like the FCC it was like you can't say that kind of shit like not being able to swear on the radio you know podcasting and serious XM like serial radio is a whole different ballgame yeah. now he did sick fuck shit though like if someone wanted to win concert tickets they'd have to swallow live goldfish or drink rat gut shakes like fucked up things he was finally fired in 2004 after a mass fine was placed to clear channel communications for on-air discussions about cartoons boning. It was like $750,000. It's a funny concept. I guarantee it wasn't fucking funny. Yeah. (laughs) So he's bouncing all around, working for Stern, uh, doing different radio gigs. In 2010, he tweeted about the earthquake in Haiti. Remember that shit? Do you remember when the earthquake, the big earthquake? Yeah. Well, I mean, over 300,000 people died.
0: Yeah, it was terrible. It was... I mean they were literally like bulldozing like bodies. It was it was awful.
1: Yeah. He tweeted, quote, I say fuck Haiti. Why do we have to take care of everybody? Our country is in shambles. And he obviously got blowback, but then doubled down on his radio show. This is an excerpt of what he said on his show. Quote, you know what? Maybe this is actually a good thing. Here's the thing. We would all agree that Haiti is just in shambles. It's just a horrible country. It's just dirt. It's poverty stricken. They need a cleansing. Maybe a half a million Haitians that'll end up not being around tomorrow. It's a cleanse. That's some Hitler shit. Yeah, that's some fucking weird Nazi shit. Yeah. His gross shit pops up again in August of 2013. This time he's on internet radio, so he's not getting in trouble by the FCC for this shit. Yeah. He had recorded a not even funny, stupid ass, quote, Vermont teddy bear commercial. And in a teddy bear commercial, in a commercial for like Valentine's Day is coming, teddy bear, whatever, it's a fake commercial parody, right? He manages Mm -hmm. to drop the fucking N-word what i'm not even kidding it's like it's a joke it's fucking i listen to it i'll put the youtube don't, link on oh, the stuff yeah. it is it's like don't send it to me i don't want to hear that shit it is so fucking disgusting it's just i'm not even gonna so this is all like okay saying shit is one thing right like this mm-hmm. is this is all protected shit to a degree but he's gotten in real legal trouble a few times and i'm gonna tell you about those in 2002 Clem, his producer, and two listeners were charged with felony animal cruelty for a segment they had done in February of 2021. I'm going to give you a trigger warning before I tell you what they did.
0: I'm not hearing this.
1: Okay, you don't have to. What what kind of animal does it involve? It's a pig. Taking my headphones off. She's taking her headphones off. So, I don't know, maybe skip ahead like 30 seconds. I think it'll probably take me about that to tell you this. So, this segment is called Roadkill Barbecue, and it was the most Florida fucking shit ever. I can't do that. I have to listen. Now, I knew you couldn't leave your headphones off. This listener caught a wild pig and brought it to the parking lot of the radio station. And there's a whole crowd there. I guess this is a planned event or something. These dudes hold this pig down, castrate him, and (gasps) slit his throat. They then grill him in the fucking parking lot and the crowd ate it. Some people ate the pig's raw testicles. They all end up getting acquitted for that, which is insane to me because, I mean, the arguments there by PETA and why it was considered a felony, because one, there are permits and shit that have to be had for, like, slaughtering animals. Yeah. And there's also a requirement for it being done in a humane nature. Like, they're supposed to be knocked out or whatever and... It's supposed to be painless. Mm -hmm. It's super fucked up. Yeah. He was also sued in 2006 by adult film actor Hope Miller. Her actor name was Brooke Skye. And she had been on the show performing with another adult film actor, Melissa Harrington. She went by Melissa Midwest. Before the taping, Clem gave Miller alcohol—she was underage at the time—and told her he was going to get her to do something she didn't want to do. When she was like, um, no, you're not, he threatened her career and said he'd get his listeners to not visit her website. This is how she made money, is traffic to her website. Once on air, Clem instructed Harrington to use an oversized sex toy on Miller, and Miller said many times that it was too big. And she didn't want to do it. Clem egged Harrington on through Miller's protest until she did it. Miller was pursuing damages in the suit, including assault, battery, intentional infliction of emotional distress, invasion of privacy for publicizing the video of it, among other things. They argued that she had signed a release agreeing to engage in sex acts and to be recorded. I hate this so much because no means no. Like, that's it. It just means no. Like, she Mm. didn't sign a release to have no say in the matter. And she made it clear that she did not want to do that. And they were like too fucking bad. So Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, that's fucking rape. Mm -hmm. Like just because she's an adult film star doesn't mean it's just like people saying like you can't rape a sex worker. You know, I don't think that's as I hope not as many people fucking think that. But it's just so dehumanizing and disgusting. The judge denied the request by Clem's lawyers to dismiss the suit. But eventually it was voluntarily dismissed with prejudice, meaning it couldn't be retried. So, I'm guessing that he had bigger guns than she did, and she was being dragged through litigation and whatever else, and just decided, like, okay, I'm gonna drop it because this is fucked. Yeah. I'm almost done with this trash, but listen to this shit. Mm. So, this dude was somehow like besties with Hulk Hogan, okay? Hulk Hogan is the godfather of his son. He was the best man in Clem's wedding, etc. Like, best friends. Okay. On October 4th of 2012, Gawker released a video clip. I have seen it. I don't know if you've seen it, but it was fucking nuts. Hulk Hogan and his wife had just announced that they were getting divorced a few months prior, Mm -hmm. and this video shows up on Gawker. It was of Heather Clem, Bubba Dumb Dick's wife, and Hulk Hogan boning at Clem's house. All right. So there's actually three videos. Every time Hulk Hogan and Clem's wife would bone, the couple fucking Bubba Gump shrimp douchebag slot bucket and his wife would secretly record it. And I felt bad for Hulk Hogan at first, but mm-mm. Mm-mm. In the third video, they're all sitting around talking after it because he knows he's fucking his wife. Like Clem knows he's fucking his wife. Like he is in some of the videos being like, all right, I'm going to go to my office or I'm going to go take a shower. You guys do your thing. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Everybody's got their shit. So in the third video, they're done. Clem's in there. They're all sitting around talking. And Hulk Hogan is bitching about his daughter dating the owner of her record label's son. OK, does that mm-hmm. make sense? Like, yeah, Brooke Hogan was doing music for a minute. And Mm -hmm. the guy who owned the record label that she was on had a son and she was dating him. Hulk says, quote, I mean, I'd rather if she was going to fuck a N-word, I'd rather have her marry an eight foot tall, hundred million dollar basketball player.
0: Oh, is this is Mm -hmm. see, I had a long time ago because I tattooed Hulk Hogan on my friend. And then like Mm. three months later, this came out that he said the N-word and I never knew (gasps) what the whole thing was. And I never looked into it, but I knew he had said the N-word and like it was. This was during my apprenticeship, so this is like around the same time, twenty thirteen or something like
1: that, right? Yeah, this was twenty twelve. The video, the part of the, I forgot about him saying the n word. I remember I didn't know that it was like the same thing, but I remember seeing just footage of the after. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't see footage of them boning, but the after footage. He goes and takes a shower and he comes out and he fucking slaps his big old belly. And he's like, oh, shouldn't I ate all that? Blah. And I'm like, oh, my God, fucking Hulk Hogan. So he's trash as well. They're fucking trash. They're racist trash. And they're friends. They're best friends. After Hulk Hogan leaves, Clem and his wife are talking about blackmailing him because they've got the tape. And they're sitting there recording. He says, quote, if we ever did want to retire, all we have to do is use that fucking footage of him talking about people.
0: God, what fucking garbage. All of can them. Can you
1: imagine? I'm reading this stuff going, um, they're best friends. Obviously not. I would never. I would never.
0: What if you have footage of me saying the N-word randomly and then slapping my belly and talking about ah. Brazilian beef night or Brazilian whatever? Brazilian
1: beef. <laughs> all you can eat Brazilian beef. <laughs> if that existed, I would sit you down and I would yeah. say, we need to get you into a rehab facility and you need to abstain from drugs and alcohol. And then I would also be like, you need to get a CT scan <laughs> because there's no fucking way yeah. that you would say that about a yeah. person. Like we're garbage, but we're not trash, you know? Um, <laughs> Yeah,
0: that would be a CT scan thing, wouldn't it? It would be. It's like, what's yeah. going on? Yeah. You have a tumor all of a sudden?
1: Right. So this comes out on Gawker. Everybody fucking sees that. And they see a little bit Everybody's clip. gawking. It's just- Okay. Okay, dad.
0: <laughs>
1: Hogan took legal action, but listen to this. He settled with Clem for five thousand dollars. He sued him for five grand. And it was like, okay, uh, here you go. And then fucking Clem publicly apologized to him. Like, I'm sorry, buddy. I wonder
0: if they're friends. They're probably
1: still <laughs> friends. Like they're both fucking what trash. The fuck? He then turned around and sued Gawker for more than $140 million. He won the suit, but then they ended up settling for $31 million. It's fucking wild. So Clems continued to be a piece of shit and have a following. I just, um, I don't have a nice, clean, little tidy way to wrap this up. This is just about this trash person who is an embodiment of like kind of what this episode was about because you're supposed to be conflicted right like yeah freedom of speech but also ooh, the influence there is kind of fucked yeah like he's allowed to just tell people to go out and commit crimes and whatever and this guy is that like this guy is trash and his listenership sorry i'm not sorry if this is shit you find entertaining like why why and how? Anyway, this, uh, my least favorite kind of dude, misogynist, slimy, power abusing, fucking dork with a microphone. Hey, <laughs> dork with a microphone. <laughs> dork with a microphone. That was my nickname in right now. <laughs> <laughs> what was his name? This guy. Oh, Bubba the Love Sponge. He literally had his name legally changed from Todd to bubba the love sponge
0: did you know like in um austria and germany and stuff you can't name your kids whatever you want like you can't name them coca-cola it's illegal good they have to approve the name
1: child protective (laughs) services right ew he looks just like what i thought he looked like uh gross yes (laughs) he does Mm -hmm. he looks like the human version of bebop or rocksteady (laughs) Okay, this is normally where Gabe would say next week, but we're doing our schedule a little bit differently. This season. Yeah. Next week, we're going to actually be releasing a Patreon episode so you guys can check it out. We'll be doing that a few times this season. And then on the 31st, there will be no episode, but there will be an extra friendship boat slash dinghy for the Elite Squad on Patreon. We're attempting to keep our sanity, so we'll test this out, see how it goes. Episode four will be out November 7th. Take it away, Gabe. (laughs) (laughs) Duh. (laughs)
0: next we have season six episode four scavenger this is about a serial killer and the gang Mm -hmm. racing against time to figure out who the killer is and what the fuck's going on i've not seen it yet but i
1: saw something about how it's possibly about the btk killer yeah that's definitely one of the influences for the episode so mm, we'll get there all right rate and review us Email us at svupod at gmail.com. You want to send something? Send it in our P.O. Box. P.O. Box 176 to Wisconsin, 53532. Check out our Instagram, follow us. The more engagement we have, the more people are gonna see our shit at SVU Pod. Mm-hmm. We got all kinds of merch on our Tee Public. now. You can go to Tee Public and search us, or you can go to our website, svupod.com, and access it from there. Join the Facebook group, SVU Pod Elite Squad. We have a chat group
0: on Facebook called Walk and Talk. And then somebody started
1: a book club and it's
0: called Single Tomato. <laughs> Hashtag little bit loud for indie pods. And if you are an indie pod, use it and then other people can find you you Mm and join the patreon we got so much fucking extra content it's not even
1: funny our entire break was just none of it's funny doing patreon shit
0: call or text us and leave us your questions stories and comments I mean maybe you want some advice and you want some terrible advice
1: worst advice that you could get you're like you know what I want to be told to do the wrong thing (laughs) by two dumb bitches I want the opposite of what I should do
0: yep so that's one nine two zero three four five seven zero zero five again 1-9-2-0-3-4-5-7-0-0-5. one nine two zero three four five seven zero zero five.
1: That's it. Yeah. Love you. Bye. Love you. Bye. Munch much.
0: Munch much. Yeah.
1: You can't say precinct, but you can say a tongue twister like a <laughs> munch much on one try. Oh, uh, I didn't even write it down either. Stabler Shit. and Fernky. <laughs> <then
0: you're> like, <laughs> Frank or Stobler. Frankie and Stobler. <laughs> Fairy and Stovetop <laughs> Okay. <Cube. laughs> pew, 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 And to our elite squad patrons Sonia W, Marissa M, Elky Annie G, Mary D,
1: Andrew, Andrew.
0: <laughs> Rebecca D, Miranda B, Shelby W, Lex, Emily T, Kayla W, Mallory G, Bonita R,
1: Maren. Maren, Vanessa, Melanie G, Courtney W, Ursula S, Kate H, Ouyanga. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I said that like a wrestling announcer. I don't know. Kayla J, Catherine M, Kate P, Jessica S, Sunday, 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 Nicole M, <laughs> Acacia V, Katarina G, Danielle W, Kelsey D, Jenna M, Joshua
0: H, Tammy J, Bear. <laughs> Crystal, Lucy M, Trisha S, Sam D, Mac Attack, Casey W, Abby W, Alexis J, Lauren T, Kaylin B, Camille Z, Nisha G, Maggie D,
1: Allen, Katie M, Eliza W, Crystal B, Jessica P, Zan and J, Nata M, San, Christina D, Madison H, Emily, Baby, 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 Oh. i wonder if she
0: hears any of these
1: uh she does she's commented on it before oh, and okay. i i had just set my phone down with my list on it and put my hands um on <laughs> my headphones Babe. like i was in the studio recording a 12 year old <laughs> justin bieber Help. uh
0: victoria b scout g melissa m desiree d drew b Amberly c Sapphire.
1: Sapphire. Sapphire. Monica K. Katie S. Trish S. Angela D. Brenna T. Andrea M. Natasha S. Andrea H. Miranda B. Al Nikki R. Sarah J. Aunt, Aunt Sarah. Caitlin S. Emily D. Kate H. Lexi. Hawaii. Nikki R. <laughs> and Vanessa B. Because I love you. Oh God. B. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> love you guys. Thanks so much for supporting us. You guys, fucking rip. You guys are great. Boop, 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 boop. Bye, bye. Love you, bye.